the suit that I wear, the canvas, is made out of uh, duct canvas, D-U-C-T. It's meant for like air ducts, corners of it. And the original squat suits was made out of like sailboat sail canvas. And that's fair, because they're looking for some type of discipline in their life. You find that in any martial art, more so Agreed. with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of yeah. what it takes to be that athlete. Oh yeah. Who am I to tell you how to live? Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Man's Cabana Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew J. Lapore, and uh, I'm sure you guys have now known uh, Roman and Zach. Zach was just recently on, talking about his time at Westside and powerlifting and everything like that, and the reason why I shouldn't do steroids. Um, and then uh, Roman Mustachio, you guys have seen him on twice. Um, big bencher, you just had a meet over, and uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that. I, I have I don't want to pest you too much about it because I know it was a bit of a rough day for you. But um, no, I'm not like hurt by it. You, I did it. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> good. Good. No, I'm glad I'm hurt by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the, these guys, um, you know, Zach's been, uh, like you guys learned, has been kicking my ass on uh, on Sundays for the ones that I do show up to when, on, uh, when I don't miss the one Sunday two weeks before this one. Not this mm-hmm. last one, but the, yeah. You weren't there this past Sunday. No, I wasn't there. Yeah, that's where he was. So you're the, no, I'm joking. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I saved I, your ass on Sunday from getting <laughs> kicked. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because he wasn't there. It was a tapered down welcome. day. Like, it was a tapered days. down day. It was a yeah. nice day, because I, I think I only went to like 205. Correct. I was like, oh, oh nice. It was great. But no, like, I am glad to have both of you on, because I know you and I always end up talking about him, and then him and I end up talking about you. Yeah. And then it was funny, because you're like, yo, <laughs> we should just do one with like all of us. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And then it, it so happened that we were able to do both of you on the same day. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, not like do both. That's a good way to word that. You have good stamina. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. The rails. Anyways. We're all even a great digital footprint here. Listen, yeah. what is a digital footprint, right? I guess we're gonna find out in twenty years, and we're all applying for jobs, and they're like, "What's this podcast about?" <laughs> well, see, yours did really well, and so did yours. And apparently, the whole gym has watched his and wondered why I'm going to do steroids now. No, and um, yeah, so I guess we'll kick off. You just had a you just had a big meet, dude. I did. I competed on Sunday. I fucking blew it. Um, I guess there's a little little context there. Uh, I have a pretty bad habit of signing up for meets without like half the gear. I need to do them, and I did it again. Yeah. Um, I was. I came off of December, and I had what was a pretty good meet for me. I, I totaled, like, 1965 at 198, um, and I knew, like, it was going to take some time step back because I definitely got a gift on my squat, and I was like, I need, I need to work on some things. I was waiting on some briefs, and then my training partner Isn't was like – Isn't that, like, your second gift now? Yeah. Every every squat I get is a gift, man. I'm such a mess. But I, uh, I was waiting on some briefs, and my training partner was like, I'm looking at this meet here in York – and he was like, I'm doing it. And I was like, all right, I wanted to sign up bench only. They didn't have bench only in the entry sheet. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just go full power. Didn't get my bench shirt till 12 weeks out. Didn't get my briefs till six weeks out. Said, fuck it. Tried to use all my new shit. Got one squat in. I got 740 my opener. I took 780 twice. They both got called high, but I hit them. Um, I, like, they, were, they were high. I'm not mad about it. Judging was good that day. And then I bombed on bench. I had... My opener is 640. Uh, I missed it three times. Um, 
I was able to hit it in the gym. The problem was I couldn't really touch any lighter than that either, so I had no wiggle room. I was just kind of like, I'm going to open with my my best bench to date by like 30 pounds and just hope for the best. And uh, my luck ran out by then. So, But I gave my all. I mean, I think my third bench was probably the one I handled best. I really ripped it down and stayed in a groove, and I pulled it into me harder than I, I probably ever have. I just kind of ran out of gas by that point, you know, so – Shit happens, but bad meats are, are good data. Gives you a lot of things to work on afterwards, so it's fun. So let me ask you a question, Zach. Yes. Let's uh do the flip side of this. Mm. We'll take the coin, <laughs> flip it on its head, mm-hmm. watch it land tails. Mm-hmm. How do you think it went? For Roman, I think it was a good meet. Okay. Um, the squat. That's that's the that's the lift that I care about the most. Like that kicks off your meat. That is, I think, the ultimate lift in terms of skill strength and it's the most poundage normally um but no i was very happy for him when he hit his opener and then from my vantage point you gotta you gotta think about it in york i'm on the floor the stage is a little bit higher so to me all his squats were high even for ipa but i'm also below him so when he got the first one i was like oh you got a gift but then everybody's like oh that was clean that was perfect and then the other ones looked about the same but you got to remember when you're when you're looking for that hip crease to be in a certain spot from a side judge's chair and the side judge is looking through two or three people, sometimes it can get skewed. And that yeah. and that's yeah. what happens, right? Well, yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, if you see – I posted a video on my, my opener uh, on my Instagram, and you can see, like, the lighting. It's very dark. Mm-hmm. There's, like, lights flashing and moving mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the hips of my squat suit are laced in black, so you can't really see much. Now, my first attempt, actually, the head judge I know, Nick Serenus, and he does not cut me a single bit of slack, which I appreciate because I, I would rather him judge me fair than give me a gift. Now, the head judge can't call you on depth. So my first squat, I got him and Rob Farrell on one side, gave me whites. Nick gave me whites for just completing the lift and, and obeying commands. Rob gave me a white on depth. Jimmy Cole gave me a red on depth. He said it was, it was high. It was clearly high because I, I took it down so slow. Now, the second two, Rob didn't give me one. And Nick came up to me after, and he said, you know, hey, in my opinion, I think your first squat was, was a little high too. So you better you better thank Rob Farrell for getting you in the meet. Didn't matter because I bombed anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's fair to call to call all three of them high. I mean, but all the videos that I saw, like, I, I can't tell depth from that far away or, like, some warped low side angle. You know, it's it's hard to tell from any. But multiply high is still lower than Jimbro low. Just saying that. <laughs> okay. What? Multiply high is still better than Jim Bro low because, you know, they're looking for what? The, the hip crease to be in line with the knee, not below the knee, correct? Yeah, it's like – I think the rule book says uh, the the hip needs to be the low, below the top surface of the knee. Of the knee. Okay. And now, he's also in wraps, so depending on how much more cushion you have, you have a little bit above where, where your skin would be. Sure, okay. So, okay. Now, the fact that it, it, it's it's hard for a multiply guy, for those of you who don't understand, is like the, the, the stance has to be so wide and you have to be so upright. And when you're in that position, you it's 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 really um, it's make or break at that point. You can't really wiggle to go down because if you wiggle to go down, you're just it's going to crush you. So the skill involved, that's why I'm, I'm so impressed by a multiply squat, is the skill that's involved to hit that depth is not as easy as somebody who's, say, doing it wrong. 
that mm. can maybe dip a little bit around their backs. Mm -hmm. it, you know, that you might be able to get some wiggle out of that. But in a multiply suit, if it's not in the correct groove or path, you're you're screwed. Now, what I saw from Roman, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the cadence of which that he was squatting when his the person who's calling his depth is still waiting for another second or so of him descending and him not being able to, that, that's hard. Because now yeah. he's still trying to push down, even though he's not moving. He's trying to, everything that he can to make sure that he's in a proper position, but it's just not going. So you do, there, there's an aspect of, was it too much weight? Was it too little weight? Was it, a, was it a technical flaw? Was it a strength flaw? Like, there's a lot that goes into it. So don't, don't mistake it as, oh, I was, he was high. Yeah, he was high. But the skill that he needed to even get that height is impressive with that weight. And that's, the, that's awesome. Another thing you got to consider, and I, because I, like, I started the sport raw, obviously, especially like in Pennsylvania, powerlifting culture is pretty good. So, like, it was easy to get into raw because it was accessible when I was in high school, right? But it's something I've had to explain to a lot of my friends who never got into gear like I did. Like, there's there's actual thickness there. Like, you've seen my briefs. You've seen my squat, my squat suits. When you're looking for a hip crease, you've got to kind of know that I could be wearing up to, like, an inch of equipment at that mm -hmm. point. So my hip crease might actually be a good bit lower than mm -hmm. where it is. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying high squats don't get passed and multiply. They mm -hmm. obviously fucking do. Mm -hmm. It is it is like the final frontier of powerlifting. It's the wild fucking west. And I love that about it. But when you're seeing squats that you think are, like, on the line, the reality is where the person's body is is probably there. It's just they're wearing an inch of gear. Like, the suit that I wear, the canvas – is made out of uh, duct canvas, D-U-C-T. It's meant for, like, air ducts, corners of it. And the original squat suits, like the fronts that I used to deadlift in, was made out of, like, sailboat sail canvas. So th this shit is, is thick. It adds a lot of, of thickness to your weren't, body. Weren't they using, like, in the, in the very beginning, weren't they using, like, like denim, right? Denim was for bench shirts mostly. Bench shirts, right. There were some squat suits. Actually, the yeah. arguably the first bench shirt from Ernie France was made out of doe skin, which is a really fucking odd material. You'd be hard-pressed to find one of those nowadays. But they had mostly canvas or denim bench shirts. Mm. It went from doe skin to, I want to say there was initially poly, mm -hmm. and then canvas and denim got big for bench shirts, and then they went back to poly. But it was one layer of poly. It was single poly. Originally, with like the old like the blast shirts and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, gear's definitely evolved, and it's 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 insane. Like seeing the stuff that his 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 peers were using, like unreal, unreal. So so, how do you think this plays on on the, on like a scale of which, let's say, someone like me who lists raw, or other other kids that are like looking at this, what would you say to them when they go, oh well, he has a shirt on, or they see Jimmy Cole put <clears throat> thirteen hundred pounds up and it's down. And they go, mm, he has a shirt. I want to see his raw bench. Like, what would you say to one of them? You know what I, I tell all of them because I have this conversation all the time, especially if they're local. Come to Deathwish Barbell, put a shirt on and see how you do. Like, That's good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It is a fair statement because they don't understand what multiply is. They don't yeah. understand what gear yeah. lifting is. Okay. Oh, oh, oh sure, he, he can do that. He, he has a bench on. I would challenge you to put that same weight on and bring it over your face and just hold it and then talk to me. I do think yeah, that's fair. It's actually really good because you, yeah, like don't yeah. even do the lift. Have have side spotters. Be safe about it. Unrack the weight and hold it, second or two. You will un you will then understand the amount of force. Now that's just at the top. 
Yeah. And then you've got to move that mm-hmm. through a range of motion. Same mm-hmm. thing with like the squat. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to fucking unrack a thousand pound squat, dude. Like, I, it it's fucking it's still heavy. Like, it yeah. doesn't change yeah. gravity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I have that conversation all all the fucking time, especially with people that like. Strength sports, especially like now that powerlifting got popular, have gotten really clicky with training methods and levels of equipment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because like I literally lost friends when I started training conjugate. Like people stopped talking to me, and then when I got into gear, more people stopped talking to me. But the kicker is, you know, that was years ago, and now all of them are either fucking quote unquote bodybuilders. They do Brazilian jiu jitsu. They're not even the fucking sport anymore, right? So They're Joe Rogan purists. Yeah. The, hey, hey, the, hey, 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 the washed all up, the washed up powerlifter to BJJ pipeline is fucking insane right now, right? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, there's a lot of kid. No, no, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I have noticed that is one thing I have noticed is a lot of kids nowadays. I don't know what if it was the influx of the C bum, of like whatever it is. I've noticed a lot of kids are either realizing they're not making it in powerlifting or getting the numbers they want. So then they go, well, what's something that I could do? And and then they, I, I've noticed it translated into that. That's I, I think I've noticed that a lot more nowadays. And, 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 and that's fair because they're looking for some type of discipline in their life. Yeah. And yeah. you're mm-hmm. and definitely going to find that in any martial art, more so Agreed. with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of yeah. what it takes to be that athlete. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could yeah. say the same thing that um, every high school wrestler knows what a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy goes through. Because mm-hmm. it's rel- it's relatively yeah. similar in terms of yeah. training and intensity and the harshness on your body and your brain. Um, so for these kids that are jumping from you know um, lifting to MMA to jujitsu, if they're just trying to find their way, by all means, like I I bounced all over the place in my twenties. You have to experiment, find out what you like. That's fair. I really don't have any any anything against them. And in, as far as like the going back to the raw bench, it's like. We had to lift off for Roman with three people, the guy in the middle, me, and his training buddy. We had to bring the bar out for him. You're not going to see that at any gym in a raw lifting situation. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the safety, and but that's also the intensity of that lift. That's crazy. Is not one person can hand out 700 pounds, 600 pounds, just from like a halfway then over position, like it's not you're not gonna be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to help the lifter. That's insane. Yeah. Because whenever, whenever, like, because like <clears throat> when I got my first like feeling of like heavy weight was when I was I was doing half field squats. Most of it was it was nine twenty, you know, like yeah. and 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 like you can overload that that lift. You just can, mm-hmm. and you can feel and and, and then in my head like, I go and look over to the, you guys over at Death Wish or I go over and see these guys just free. Um, uh, 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 Jesus Oliveira, Oliveira. You know what I'm talking about? Really strong. Relative. Like I just, I just don't get how people can handle that weight. Like, well, it just blows my mind. Or you know, Jimmy Cole with 1,300 pounds but, in his hands. But you're, but you're seeing the end, like towards the end of 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 their of their journey with it. You didn't see Jesus probably struggling with six or 700 pounds yeah. to get up to that. Like the amount of work yeah. capacity you have to build oh, to be able to withstand that weight. It takes a long time, you know. Uh, any of these big lifters now, like none of them are a flash in the pan. Just started a year ago. That's nonsense. Yeah, I, like, well, there are certainly people who are flash in the pans in the sense that, like, when they get to the top, they can't stay there very long because it is hard to maintain that. But it, it's actually kind of rings true to a conversation that you and I have had a lot, where like, it's a thing Louis used to always say, where it was like everyone wants to be Chuck Vogelpool, but they don't want to do what it took to become Chuck Vogelpool, right? Like, nobody wants to. Like, we had the conversation with the interview that Wendler did years ago with Chuck, where it was like, 
Chuck only squats once a week now, but he squatted twice a week for 20 plus right. years. So when you're making that jump, you haven't put in what he put in. So when you don't see what he saw like, out of that, don't be surprised. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. And when, and, when, and when people are thinking conjugate, they think chains and bands, but chains <laughs> and bands was almost just a third of that, of that group's legacy. Like yeah. no, no, nobody remembers just them falling prolip and stable doing a linear progression for 20, 25 years. But they all got stronger. But they don't see that. They only see bands and chains because it's it, it looks cool. It's different. Yeah, yeah. And they think, oh, that's that's how Chuck got there. He he has six hundred pounds of band. Well, no, Chuck also had to squat raw or not raw, but with straight weight for twenty some years to get to that point. Yeah, before yeah. they even were introduced to chains or bands. In a, in mm -hmm. a power rack, walking mm -hmm. it out without a mono, squatting no. to a box that's below parallel, like it's not. Not even a power rack and squat stands. Mm -hmm. Right, which have no fucking safeties at all. Oh yeah, yeah. the yeah. fucking like the posts they used to put yeah. in like a car rim. Yeah. Well, people, people, there's, there's like uh, I think over at Power Build they have a few of those. Yeah, for the Olympic lifters. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think especially like the start of this conversation, the like people who don't understand the geared thing, like oh they have a bench strong, this that and the other. Like, I do think the, the that side of the sport has almost done it to itself. Like. I guess it's not fair to say that they've done it to it to themselves, but as the sport grew, I think the thing is raw powerlifting is so accessible, but like gear's fucking expensive. If you don't have a crew, you're not really going to have any direction. You need a lot of other people. We talked about in the first time I was on here, like it takes a village, like it takes a village. Yeah. Like dude, uh, uh, even these new band shirts, which are arguably easier to use than poly. I'm not saying that they are, but you can make a good argument that they're, they're easier to get into despite letting you handle bigger weights higher. A two ply one's like $400. Right. So like what what high school kid who's curious about it can get into that. And then on top of that, like like he was saying, you see the end result. You see the end result is a dude gets a 300 pound carryover. You don't see the, the decade plus of technique work he did to get to that point, because like the first time I put on a bench shirt, I got like maybe 70 pounds out of it. Now I'm getting a little over 200. But it took me three plus years to do that. Right. Yeah. But if you just heard of me now you'd be like well look at this dude he's just he just puts the shirt on he gets yeah. like 240 pounds out of it right yeah unless you're in it you don't you don't understand the skill that's involved yeah, to yeah. get into those positions and to get lifts that pass there is it's more skill oriented than than i would say almost raw strength if you want to compare it like, definitely but you still have to be strong like if you're not strong that that sh that that equipment's only going to help you so much well, I think you mentioned it. It was it was a while ago. You were talking about Jimmy Cole. <clears throat> You're like, yeah, he'll just go around, throw around 600 pounds, and then you know he's warm, and then he just puts his bench shirt on. Mm -hmm. Like, then he's good to go. Yeah, I mean, like, for every joint that is supported by a piece of equipment, think of everything that's not. Yeah. Right. Like in my bench shirt, my my pecs and shoulders are supported, but my forearms aren't. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, I guess even wrist wraps. But yeah. Well, even so, like you know, I, my raw bench is approaching 400 pounds. I, I won't confidently say that I'm like for an adventure but it's getting there and if you take another person who's got the same raw bench as me and put them in a shirt and put 640 in their hands you'll probably break their forearms mm -hmm. because i have spent at this point years and years of handling loads heavier than 640 pounds mm -hmm. working down to that like i've taken 700 for reps off boards stuff like that so it, it you know you need to build a requisite strength not only in yeah. other muscle groups oh, but yeah. in your bones and oh, other yeah. soft tissues no, but, that, but, but that's a solid point people want to talk about the bench shirt there the part that's not supported is your forearms from your elbows to your wrists are not supported yeah that's why i said on rack of weight that you think you that 
okay, he did seven whatever. Good. Un unrack it and hold it. See how long you can hold it, if you can hold it. And make sure you have the face savers up because it <laughs> might come down faster than you think. Oh, it, it comes down really fast when you get out of the groove. Mm -hmm. and, oh, God. And that's the other thing. There's like, one guy that almost dumped it on his face. Your, 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 your buddy, the, the guy that's in the red shirts, a short Asian guy. Oh, Isn't Johnny? It? Yeah, his, his, his second attempt, the spotters did a fantastic job. He came out of groove, and that bar went from here to here in like a split second. And there was substantial weight on that thing. And the spotters grabbed it, and it was a, it was a beautiful save, and he was thankful, and I was just like the whole place went silent. Yeah, I want to say it was like 570. It was that bad. And he threw it. I mean, everyone caught it. We have a video somewhere of um, one of my training partners, Ralph, his last meet in March. It was like his last meet before he had a kid. And you knew you'd have to, you know, take some take some downtime to take care of that. Um, he went for, I forget what the bench was, but it was somewhere either like high fives or low sixes. And part of this comes from like having a crew and knowing things. Like he dumped the bar to his face. But as he pressed from training around him for so long, Tim knew he was the head handoff to come in before he even fell out of the groove because he knew it was going south. And when you see where we all catch the bar, it's like an inch from the side of his head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, that weight's just flying at you. Yeah. That's terrifying. And it, Have you seen anyone, like, get really messed up? Yeah. Yeah. There was a video of – um. Tony Carlino, who is a, a great bencher, um, 900 plus in poly, I want to say, and, and over 1,000 in unlimited, if not over 1,100, I might be wrong. But there was a video of him in the SPF a long, like a few years ago, and it was when band shirts were first getting big, but nobody really figured him out yet. And I think he had, it was either like 1080 or close to 1,100, and he comes up, and they pull your arms to the center so fast, he loses grip, and his arm just snaps in, and the bar drops, and there was no face savers on those benches. And it looked like it touched his spine from the front. Like, that's how far it sunk into his belly. Mm -hmm. I, it was mm -hmm. gut-wrenching mm -hmm. to see. And that No pun happens. intended. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's... Uh, and no. we see it at local meets all the time, too. It's usually just with, like, yeah. lesser weights than, like, 1,100, right? <laughs> I, his guts were definitely wrenched. Yeah. That's just... That's crazy to me. Because, like... I mean, like, I've seen, like, when we were at, um like, the pit... For um, uh, lift for autism, one mm. guy got his like his toe cut off with the circus dumbbell. Like I've seen like stupid things like that, but I've like I can't imagine having the guy with seven hundred pounds just getting up of the unloaded right to his face. I I try not to watch that stuff. That's not that's freaks not, me out not, too. Not, I'm not <clears throat> interested. It makes you. You ever see the one where it's like uh, the one girl's doing CrossFit or whatever? She curls. She like goes to uh, not curls the bar. Wow. Um, cleans the bar. And then it falls, and the bar goes into her thigh. No, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's like, have you been seeing the videos lately of um, a lot of, like, the raw lifters who grab the squat bar with their hands, like, next to their shoulders, and they, <gasps> no, they no, break no, their no, arms? No, 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 no. Or they, they blow their elbows apart? That's a tough one to watch, dude. That really is. Well, when you don't know how to squat, stuff like that happens. Exactly. See, that's why you have to have your arm all the way out, because you're, you're always safe. No, wow. you just have to have the bar supported by what what's stronger, your entire back muscular, your back musculature and your spine or a wrist. Yeah. Like why would you make that? Why would you do that? One you're in a terrible position for the bar to be on your back, and two you're supporting part part of that weight with your hands. It's I don't know. That's that's another thing. Everybody like all the raw squatters they have to have their wrist wraps because because they do that. 
I don't remember seeing one raw or one equipped squatter with wrist wraps at the meet. Squatting mm. on the platform. Oh, it, that Sunday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, because there's no need to. I just see what I, what I don't understand is I wish people would just look more into like multi-pad lifting and just like look how they 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 lift. Because for, for a while, a lot of your videos, I rarely ever see you in a shirt. Sometimes, I'll see you just yeah. floor pressing, going away. Thanks for the verse grip. <laughs> well, but, I mean, the I think the easiest way to put it is like the the gear doesn't make you strong; it only makes you stronger, right? Like you still need to have a base of of, of raw strength below that. I mean, it's like I'm sure you heard Louis say it a million times: the put a bench shirt and a bottle of test on a bench and see how much it'll move. The answer is nothing. You still got to move it at the end of the day. That's good. No, you, no, yeah. A bench shirt and a bottle of test. It's not that these things don't help, but like no. people do forget that there is a human element. Like we used to joke when I first came to Deathwish, like we would just like stand our briefs up under the monolith and be like, "Oh, here, uh, we're gonna let those take over the workout today." Like people think that's just how it works. It's not. It, it'd be nice if it did. Like if you ask any equipped lifter who's a true competitor, do you wish your gear gave you more carryover? The answer is fucking yes, dude. But it doesn't, and it's not that easy. So for for the raw lifter, like what you said about some of these raw lifters should look into multiply. It's it's a it's a different time now. You know, in the '90s and early 2000s, that's all you saw, so you gravitated to that almost instantly. Now everything is raw, but at, at the same token, all these raw lifters are looking for the best gear to put on, i.e., insert sleeves. Two years ago, they were unheard of. Now everybody needs to have them, or you're sacrificing pounds on your total. Yeah, I would argue to Roman's point that putting a bench shirt on will help you move weight for a certain distance. But if you don't have it, – it's it's also handicapping you because you can't press the way you would want to press without it. Oh, definitely. It, like you're going to find a whole other level of strength that you need to have in equipment because you need to move it in a way that you are not accustomed to moving it, mm. which is – part of the issue that I'm relearning with I'm, when I'm with him when I'm in briefs is I, I I squat high bar I squat in a relatively wide stance I don't squat like I multiply but I'm yeah. wider than most people yeah okay but even even then like trying to find that groove or that path in those briefs is difficult and it requires a whole nother level of strength like just after squatting my entire core hips trunk everything is just taxed I do that at I do that at the gym and raw and I could go for another two hours and have no issue. That's a whole nother, it's just, it, it's more pressure and it's more control and fine motor unit patterns that you need to, you know, grow. And it's, so, it is difficult. So how do you feel about like those, <clears throat> those, those ends of wraps or like those sleeves and things like that, or, or specifically sleeves. Cause I feel like a lot of people will see the sleeves and go, mm, they're just looking for like a, a small little way to just add to your total. I feel like they don't really help. And do as much as you think that it's going to keep everything, keep everything warm. But, like, how do you feel about, like... Okay, if, if I throw my Evolution Athletics right now, right? Like, what, what what does that make you think of? You're gaining leverage by having those things on. Because mm -hmm. you're adding more thickness to your body. Whether it be your knees, your calf, <coughs> your elbows. Like, that's that's why people feel like they can they can do a little more with them on as opposed to not. It's It's not really a matter of, is it helping, like, is it directly putting weight on? But it is helping you gain a little bit more leverage in a in 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 a joint like your knees or elbows and compression too. Yeah, your joints love compression. Keep them happier. Compression and warmth, right? I mean, yeah. Um, at, at at one point, everybody when SBD first came out with their raw singlet, everybody wanted them because there was extra stitching in the groin, because there was a little bit more support in the buttocks in the groin. Now it's still it's still raw, 
right? It's still that, it's still whatever designation of cloth it had to be, but the stitching was different. So everybody wanted to be in those because they thought it would help. Now it might, it might not, but again, that's just more, that's more of like a leverage thing. Same with like the Titan singlets not too long after because they were like a thicker fabric. Mm -hmm. Because I remember towards the end of my time in Raw, at least I guess up until this point, if if I ever go back, like the Titan singlet was like all the rage. Right, and people would get them like two sizes too small, and then oh, so it would have a lot more compression in there. Yeah, so it yeah. was tighter, right? And it, it's like you know we're we're kind of we're kind of going backwards here. You know what I mean? Yeah, with like when when I left for one hundred percent raw with 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 Don and Joe and everybody like there, it's just singlet and wrist wraps. There's no knee sleeves. There's nothing like that. Like that's a very pure form of raw lifting. People say, well, that's not, well, that's not safe. Well, it's really no different than sleeves. But, you know, now, okay, if sleeves do make a difference, I would argue that being having a naked knee is safer because you're not going to have that much weight, that much more weight on you. <laughs> That's funny. No, that is good. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, the other thing, we can scare me when they have sleeves <laughs> on and they just throw around weight. Yeah, it definitely enables a lot of bad decisions because it gives you false sense of confidence. But we just that's themselves. It's not even. It's not even like if you feel a, a sense of security by wearing your knee sleeves. You know, have have at it. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do. I'm not gonna lie to you. I do. Yeah. Go ahead, go, 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 go. But I, w- I was gonna say like the only thing that that <laughs> pisses me off. Like I obviously I love you know getting poundage out of equipment. It, I think it's fun and I think it's like cool and rewarding. But I do think it's a bit funny that raw lifters try to act above getting poundage out of equipment right because i like to kind of twist people's heads around where they're like well you know maybe if i if i put on briefs i could i could squat like that and i'm like well yeah you know you're wearing knee sleeves too you're getting a few pounds out of those right and you're like no i'm not they're knee sleeves they're raw and i'm like okay well if if you're not getting any pounds out of them why don't you take them off they're like well no like i i wear them when i squat i'm like oh so it's helping you right now obviously it's not the same amount of poundage right but like you do got to acknowledge, like, everything you're wearing is a piece of equipment. It's exactly. It's how the sport decides to categorize yes. it and what rules you want to abide by. And I understand there's different levels of it, right? Like, wraps will give you more than sleeves. Single-ply suits mm-hmm. give you more than wraps, so on and so forth. Yeah. But don't act above equipment. Even yeah. your belt's equipment. It's just we're all used to being allowed to use it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love my belt. Very yeah. true. Belts are great. I don't know. If it, I feel sometimes it gives me, like, a false sense of security. Cause like I don't know, <clears throat> for like for, like for me like I know that I like, keep everything worn. You know I, I feel a little better with them, and sometimes I do feel like you know, maybe a lot a few pounds. But I don't know. There's just something about like when I get to like four or five and I start squatting with that, I'm like okay, you know, you're getting around like four fifty, five hundred. I'm like all right, I think you know, the sleeves will come on now, and then I just feel mm-hmm. so much more safer. I don't know why. I just feel I'm like oh okay, belts I mean, on. It's it's probably it's probably just that level of compression like. The, the knee sleeves that I train in are a size bigger than what I compete in because I want a little more compression out of my knee sleeves because I know it'll give me something. I'm not going to Size bigger? Smaller. Oh. So I wear I wear a large, a large, you know, the Titan B stings or whatever those Bs are, and then I bought a, a, a pair that's a size smaller that takes a little bit longer to put on. Yeah. And I use it for Comte because of the extra compression and, you know, it's not going to it's not gonna put 50 pounds on my squat, but, you know, it'll give me a little something out of the hole if I need it. I no. remember when I did Raw Nationals in 2018, USAPL Raw Nationals, I left before Ray Williams was there, but the story was when he was sponsored by SBD that he would get knee sleeves so small that they would cut them off him between attempts in the warm-up room and put on other ones. And it's like, at that level, 
what are you willing to accept as raw and or like how really not even what are you willing to accept because i understand that sleeves are what is categorized as raw and whatever you can do with them is up to you after that right like the you operate within the bounds of the rule book mm-hmm. but um it's just like the elitism always makes me chuckle because it's just it's it's i think these people are really just hypocrites you know what i mean yeah degree, i mean whether they know it or not well that's what him and i were talking about last time i was like well i mean if it's legal what can you get away with? And the thing is, is people are going to try to do get away with whatever they can, whether it's like you know they're trying to take steroids and cycling off here or <clears throat> whatever it is. People are going to always find a. I, I mean, powerlifting especially, it the sport is gear, and it, anyone who who doesn't think that is a little naive, well, like, well, what I was going to say is like you go as far back as the earliest days, people were cutting tennis balls in half and putting them behind their knees and wrapping their knees over them. Everyone has always been trying to get the most out of what's within the bounds of the rule book since the sport has started. And that's because it's competition. Or you could talk about like people used to cut jeans that were three sizes too small the Daisy Dukes and put them under their singlets and they would wear two or three pairs of them. And that's how gear, you know, became a thing is people were like, well, I get more out of this, so I want to do it and I want to sanction this in a comp. But as long as the sport's been around, people have been trying to get pounds out of everything they're allowed to wear. So that that's what I meant by saying, like, the sport is equipped. I think the issue with it now is the business side of it. All these companies have all this gear. Mm-hmm. All these businesses are paying these federations to be able to have their stuff as, you know, allowed equipment. Like, that's why there's such an influx in equipment. The days that True. you were talking about, there was maybe two companies that had gear. Or had anything that was supportive. Everything else you had like making your house, yeah, making it was your like garage, marathon and, right? And inter- you know now you you can go online and put you know raw powerlifting sleeves and have a million different things come up. That's true. You know, so I think Amazon has their own thing too. Yeah, it's all oh, it's all about money. It's all about the business. They're just pushing it on these kids, and it's like if you make something that's a little bit stronger, you're going to make more sales. And mm-hmm. and I the kids are going to grab it. Don't work, kids. People in raw. I want to see kids there. There are old, there are there are older people in raw. But the business of powerlifting is in the equipment. Yeah. And especially, I think it's got to be more profitable raw because raw stuff can be mass produced. But when you start to look into how multiply stuff is made, it's mm-hmm. it's handmade. And it's it's has mm-hmm. to be the measurements has to be much more exact. Mm-hmm. Like all the overkill gear that is so hard for people to get with timing and whatnot. It's all made by one guy, Rudy. He was at my meet. I met him. He's super cool. Right. But guess what? SBD, I guarantee you, has a factory and they get blank sleeves that they stamp their logo on because they don't need to be made as precisely because they're not as exact of a piece of gear to use. But here, here, here's briefs. the cool thing about the culture since he was talking about Rudy and Overkill. The guy who made his shirt was at the meet. While he was putting his shirt on, he came over and talked to Roman and said, you know, what are you feeling? What do you need? Like, he was helping Roman. Now, he's already helping a guy there. He was a raw lifter, right, your buddy? The little guy well, from Vegas? Anthony Hobica is... He was a raw lifter, got into gear, and he became the lightest person to ever squat a thousand pounds in gear. He squatted ten ten at one ninety one. Yeah. So it's the guy that he's talking about is is there handling that guy, okay? But then in in between warm ups, he's over there help, helping Roman. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. see anybody from SBD walking around at meets national or international level helping their lifters with gear. Hey, you know, if you do this, you can do like you might be able to. You know, you need to look for this. You need to have the this sleeve above this point in your leg like he was helping roman out and he gave roman a very a very solid point about the 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 distance between what your elbow and the end of the sleeve yeah like that's the difference between the culture of multiply as opposed to raw raw it's like you're all on your own buy my stuff and then you got i really and don't do this the wrong way i 
the the reason people always ask me like why why did you never like why don't you power lift why don't you go into a meet like yep. you do this and you do this and I'm like <clears throat> I just the, the culture is just not it for me you know especially in, in no offense you know the USAPL a lot of those you guys that I get it yeah and and, and even RPS you know the, and I'm sure Sam and Sonny are gonna give me crap for saying this nothing might not listen to this one but my point being is is I feel I don't know, I don't know the right word to say other than dickheads but. I just there's just there's just this monotonous amount of just I'm better than you and I'm not going to help you in any way shape or form but there's no community. I feel like the big thing about Stronger that I love and the thing that I've seen with with Multiply for you yeah. is there's a community. There's there there's a there's a village. You go to a you go to a power, you go to a, a, a Multiply meet and people are you're talking, you're having fun. Oh, well, try this, try that. It's more personable and you're creating yeah. a community within your sport. So two things I want to add to that. One you're talking about Rudy helping me with my shirt. How I ordered that those briefs and that bench shirt is he gave me his personal cell phone number and I texted him and I filled out an order form and I talked to him through the whole process. And by the way, after that meet, he knew that I bombed on bench and I told him I said, "Hey, by the way, like your shirt's awesome. It was my fault. I was I was gassed and I was getting sloppy in the bottom." But he said, "Why don't you give me a call sometime this week and we'll talk about how to touch later." Mm-hmm. Right? And same thing when I ordered a, a custom pair of briefs from Titan when I called, I was talking to a person there, and they were talking me through what I wanted to get out of those briefs, how I should size them, how, this, that, and the other, how to use them. Um, but then on the other hand, when you talk about the community aspect, you don't see it as much in Raw, and I think the reason for that is you don't need it as much, right? Like we're talking about my bench needed a three-man handoff. Mm-hmm. Most Raw lifters can hand off for themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I totally lost my, my – oh, sorry. When I – came out of that meet and I bombed, my first thought was, well, that sucked. What's the next meet I'm going to do? And I was talking to my buddy in Tennessee, and he was like, well, I'm hosting a meet down here in about the time frame you're looking for. And I said, well, I don't think I can get a crew down there to to handle me because that's necessary in gear. And he said, if you're serious about this, I can arrange people to handle for you. Like that's Those are the strings you can pull if you – if you show these people that you care about the sport like they do, everyone will do things for you. That's awesome. Yeah, That's and, really and cool. You, you had mentioned in our talk when you're talking about powerlifting purists, like the purest form of it is there. Okay. Oh, now, definitely. Now there, 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 there are groups in raw powerlifting that would that are similar, right? So uh, you can say what you want about power build. When I go to some of these meets, like a, a, a friend of mine, BK, he was he he lifts there, and when he showed up with five other lifters, there was thirty people from power build there. Now I don't know mm-hmm. what they were helping with, but they were there in support. That's so awesome. Okay, it, it is there. Okay, it is there. It's just not nearly as prominent. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just out of bounds. But I but I what I've realized in strongman is just like <clears throat> let's uh, let's take Sunday. For, I know you weren't there. Like you know, Lion's Den's coming down. That, uh, that they're, he's he's well, he's closing down, and then people are coming from Pack, and then they're all uh, mm-hmm. from Limerick Athletic. Okay. I've known a lot of these guys for years. Like Ziggy, you've known for years. Mm-hmm. Competed mm-hmm. with them, competed against them. And I went to high school with him. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Ziggy, fuck you. No, not really. He's a great guy. Um, wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, but like all joking aside, like I, I've noticed this, this community of people you've competed against, competed mm-hmm. for, whatever it is, and it's very close to you. Yo, hey, dude, like we're training circus dumbbells. Stop by. We'll help you out. Or like you're doing mm-hmm. card deadlift. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy. I have a whole thing. Bring people here. Don't charge nothing. Like, and I've noticed that you know you you have all these people that are willing to just show up and be there. Yeah. You prime example. You could have been sitting. I don't know. 
twiddling your fingers, but you went to his meet just to make sure he was good and handle him and yeah. take care of him. Like, that's what I'm saying is there is a community in which people actually care. And I feel like I don't see it as much in powerlifting than I yeah. do in C in multiplayer. Because they're not they're not exposed to it. Yeah, okay, that's so that, fair. That's that's pretty much what, what, what it comes down to. If you're not in a, a crew or a group, or even if you're, you know, when I started, I was training in my garage with some – with um, some neighborhood friends when I was in high school and I and I did my first meet there was two other people so you're always in a group now everybody's so isolated they're doing it on their own yeah they don't have that opportunity to experience what community is so it's no fault to them but you would do a lot better if you have a group without a doubt I oh, do yeah. think two parts of that as well one with the raw stuff is like you don't need a crew to train or compete raw even at a high level right so you aren't forced to interact with other people because a lot of it is also uh, reciprocity right like he was willing to do that for me because he knew one that like we give him our good. time like yeah, in yeah. training right with the briefs and whatnot and we let him borrow gear from the bin and the second that he says he's going to do a meet i'm gonna i'm gonna be the first one to be there right That's awesome. yeah but um yeah, yeah, yeah the other thing is i think a lot of it is the influence of who you idolize for lack of a better word like when Ooh. i started to get to the point where i had to turn over other stones to learn how to get stronger I looked to Westside, and Louie always talked about the crew, and he always talked about how you shouldn't be making money off of this, the free flow of information, and um, just in general, like the community of powerlifting and that what you get out of the sport is what you give back to it. So in a way, like, I can't say that it's right or wrong because the sport really is what you make it, right? Like, I can't – who am I to tell you how to live? But that's what I kind of – came up to learn as right and zach was was a great influence to me for that because he reinforced that when i met him at the gym but like a lot of raw lifters they don't come up reading book of methods and watching the Westside training tapes they download a spreadsheet off of lift vault and that's how they that's how they get better is that wrong should i not have it, should it, i not listen. download should i delete the <laughs> should you delete the 30 stolen programs you Damn, no the, not again the bummed shaco spreadsheets no like it um <laughs> Listen, you can get stronger that way, but, like, it's yeah. just what I ended up getting into to try and yeah. get stronger was stuff that was always community-oriented because it, it stemmed from multiply. But, but there's there's also an underlying truth even for the raw lifter. If you want to get stronger, lift with people who are stronger than you. Without a doubt. Oh, definitely. Get with people Without who are in the, in, in, the, in, in the same discipline as you and grow a relationship with these people because they will push you and you will push them and you'll become better regardless if That's you're smart. raw or yeah. equipped. And that's One liners. Run with a lamb and you'll catch a limp, right? Wait, wait, wait what, what did you say? Run with a lamb and you'll catch a limp. That's a oh, rum, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said we're not there for openers, and he didn't hit his opener on his bed. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the alternative was if I opened with a lighter bench, I wouldn't have touched at all. So, I <laughs> so you would have bombed anyway. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, well. Should just taken the shirt off and just did it yourself? Well... I mean, a token's always an option, but I, I didn't really get a good squat in either. Yeah. I only hit my opener there too, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. There's always a little. Just take trend, dude. No, you know? like oh. even even to your point, we said like uh, it takes a village. Phil Herndon was there. Phil Herndon is a phenomenal raw lifter. I when I when I saw him there, it was the first time I saw him in about four or five years. I competed with him at USAPL PA states like eons ago at 200 pounds, and he was a fairly built guy then. Now he's he just squatted a thousand pounds raw. He had eight or nine people with him helping him. That's a raw lifter. But that community yeah. is probably also what helps propel him to that amount of success. Now Without that a doubt. Yeah. not taking anything away from that man because that man did an extraordinary feat and it was it looked almost effortless and the dude was cool and 
everything that you want from that kind of celebrity in this very niche sport so, to be. Yeah. Very humble, very, very good guy. But also, he also had eight or nine people helping him in, in the warm-up area, having him get him out, wrapping him up, can make sure he's got his salts, his chocolate. Yeah. So yeah. To, to add to that, though, Phil Herndon, right, in a similar vein, to, I'm not comparing myself to him in any stretch of the imagination. He is a much better squatter than me, lifter in general. But he also trains conjugate, and he came up under Nittany Barbell, which is a kind of like uh, Jim Maiden Westside's image in Nit uh, like uh, wherever the fuck the area is in Pennsylvania, Bellefonte. I'm pretty sure. So it is. So yeah, it's something with Nico. Yeah, it's it's like a very like conjugate centric, and that influence, that sphere of Louis's influence, is very crew oriented and community oriented in yeah. powerlifting. And in the same token, when we were in the pit going up there, he was sitting down there shooting shit with me. He's the nicest guy. He remembered who I was from a, a meet that I was, like, spotting and loading at last minute. Oh, he's all, he's a great dude. That's cool. And he is massive. Oh, he's got traps up to his ears. He is massive. He's oh. a freak. The, uh, the the guy over at Power Plant, I can't remember his name. Zach? This is Zach? Oh, yes! He was he was my uh, uh, the meet coordinator. He wasn't my coordinator. He was my... Like a group um, leader? A group leader. Huge fish. Dude. He's... Dude. Bro, he says, man, when I saw him, I think, like, he picked up, like, the heaviest keg, and he goes, like, for, for the people that were never doing the meat before, like, his traps were massive, and he picked this keg up, like, like the one that we're using, like, like the, the open super heavyweights, and he goes, this is how you do this for all like, the people that haven't done this before, for, like, the, for the, the new people, and just goes, one, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing, like, unfazed, yeah. and his Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. I mean, yeah, so, so when you think you're king of the midget local meet, like you need to go to the to where the big boys play. Yes, and see yeah. what that next level is. Yeah, don't that, uh, because that will immediately either it'll humble you and it'll push you, or it'll be like this isn't for me. I'll go do uh, jujitsu. Yeah, all these kids are doing. Yeah, don't be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I think that's a big yeah. takeaway too. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Zach's yeah, that dude's insane. You got to see this guy. He's, yeah. And he's, he's a super nice dude. I've I've talked with him multiple times. Like he's very intimidating, but he's just like oh, giggly, laughy, you know, very 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 funny guy. He's, he makes a lot of sidebar comments. Everyone I've met who's like that level of good or strong is the nicest person. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Cole, Phil, Hobika, like all these people mm -hmm. are nothing but nice. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I want maybe I should go up there on a Saturday. Well, that, saying it. that is like my one day that I, I that I like that I like don't lift. No, because like because my cycle will go like Sundays with them, but the, but then I'm at the gym from the time I'm with them to like one. Yeah. And then like Monday I'll squat, Tuesday I'll overhead press, Wednesday I'll deadlift, Thursday I'll Thursday I hit back, Friday squat. So Saturday is like my one day like I take as a rest. Well, what's it? What's a day that you're at power plant that you train? That's how you solve this problem. Well, no. Right? So their their strongman Saturdays is the is is the push where they have people oh, there okay. and they do the events. But so my my thing is is like when I was at Westside, there's people driving from out of state as far as Tennessee to come to a training session because it was that important. If it's important to you, you'll make the trip. Hundred percent. Damn. That's why I went to the Lions. And I just got to do the same thing I did there. I mean, when I first started training at Deathwish, I had to change my whole my training split. Like, I changed all my days just to make I'm sure. I'm changing that I my there. training split so I can be with him on. Freaking Thursdays. I never left on Tuesdays. I was a Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday guy. Yeah. Well. All right. You got you to gotta make a sacrifice every time. You know, it's it's a day. Well, the thing is. Like, it also is. They, they, they do have a nice little thing there. Yeah, dude. And especially, it's, like, you'll probably have a good time. 
and you'll. Oh learn. no, I've been there multiple times. Like, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I know the Powerpoint Engine. Just yeah. the the learning factor is is what is there's no yeah, they price have, to they it. Have, they have a lot. I mean, yeah, there is a price to it. You gotta have a drop in fee or whatever the fee is, but what you're gonna learn there is well beyond that. Yeah, yeah. agreed. And I, I do think you have to kind of acknowledge like, if someone has offered to give you their time, you need to meet them the other half of that way. Yeah, agreed. Right. Yeah. So like if. You know, if if they're if they're like, well, we do this on Saturdays, then if you want to go learn from if you don't want to go learn from them, that's not that's another issue. But if yeah. you want to go learn from them, then you have to make it a point that that Saturday will work for you or you just have to suck it up and be like, fuck it. I'm going to train Saturday and Sunday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So or just make an adjustment like it's it's one day. It's, yeah. it's one hour of your life. You could be home sleeping, playing with yourself or you could be uplifting weights with people learning something. <laughs> First one's not great. Though. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, learn, ever, learn from any, learn from anybody and everybody you can, and make the sacrifices to do it. Yeah, well, well that's how that's how I like I, like I met Zach Mary and all the guys at um at uh oh, wow Lions Den. I yeah. said it earlier. Yeah, dude, I just I couldn't get it in my head. But it was the same thing that kind of happened with you. It was like Andrew's like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be here, and you're just gonna show up. And I'm like, okay. He goes, no, I'm not joking. I'll come to your house. And I was like, oh, hey, all right, Andrew, cool. And then. Yeah, they have the, and and who 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 um who's with Katie um no um what's her name oh man a power plant Kelly Kelly <laughs> oh, dude I feel so bad she's such a sweet lady but I I couldn't I couldn't think of her name yeah but you'll you'll, you'll learn a lot up there. There's, there's a lot it. of experience and yeah they're all um, they're Katie genius, coached yeah. me in powerlifting when I first got into raw powerlifting. And I learned a tremendous amount from her and just like being the, and, and, and it's another gym. It's a new gym. You know, it's different. It's a, it's a whole different atmosphere. Like yeah. train at multiple places. You'll get something out of it. Even very if it's just orange. different equipment. Oh, super orange. Very, they're, they're, orange. They're, they're very orange <laughs> and blue. Very orange. Yeah. Um, Ugh, Mets colors. But that was the, but you know, they, they had York plates that are arguably, I think heavier than the ones that I've, I've used prior, but they're legit. Like yeah. go lift somewhere else, go have some fun. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, like if you're in a, a, a gym of competent people, it's going to be a different perspective mm-hmm. than what we'll you're used to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was one of the things that first drew me to, to Jim and Tan. What got me there in the first place was the reverse hyper. But what kept me there definitely was like everyone here was stronger than me. And certainly they were stronger than all the shitheads at the LA fitness five minutes away from me. So once I realized that like, Here's where the strong people in the area are training. I was like, this is where I have to be every day. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's why I stayed there when I first went there in middle school. Uh, I forgot the lady who owned it at the time. That's when like Doug and and Keith and all those guys they were they're gigantic. And the first yeah. time I first time I went in the gym, I looked at dumbbell rack and that dumbbell rack went up to 150 pounds. You couldn't find it anywhere in the area at the time. Maybe Iron Sport. Now it's I, 200. I, I wasn't yeah. going to drive to Delaware County. And, you know, with no money in my pocket to go see a big dumbbell. That was exactly well, the position I was in, like, in high school. Like, I was like, well, I can't drive to Delco every, every night of the week, but I can yeah. make it 20 minutes to Jim and Tan, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh, man. You know what's funny, too, is I remember, like, the first time I stepped into that. Like, I, like, like, I heard stories about it. Like, people, like, I was like, oh, I can't go there until I'm, like, I, I have, like, a 400-pound bench. I just, I just could And then, like, one day, like, uh, Cody's cousin was, was training there, Danny. Um, Daniel Orr, Daniel Orr, yeah, and he was like, he got us all in, and there was a whole thing with that, and we're not get all into that, yeah. but um, 
but yeah, I was like, dude, these people here are just studs. Like, just everyone that I was there, I was like, because I thought I was I was hot shit with like a three hundred and whatever pound bench press at high school, and then I'm just watching like 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 uh, um, uh, Scott Deese just take three hundred and fifteen pounds and just basically throw it like off his chest. Oh, and I'm like, oh. dude, is a monster, dude. I know. A really nice, another night, really nice guy too. He's super quiet, which is he funny. Is he is insanely huge and strong and he's like the most soft-spoken person exactly. keep ever. your mouth shut and carry a big stick like, exactly <laughs> and that place has evolved so much since i was there it was a very fitness oriented like the 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 free weight area that was a machine room like all the hammer strength stuff was in there originally like that wasn't a free weight area all the free weights were out in the other part of the gym mm-hmm. and then when jimmy took it over it, it's evolved so much and now it's like i would i would argue that, that is probably one of the better quote like power lifting heavy strength areas i mean yeah, you got power build it's nice they got all like the calibrated Fancy weights stuff. and yeah. they got a lot more space ghost but, is nice but what you're gonna find in the gym is a very intimate group that's gonna help you like jimmy helped me amy did my first posing routine when i was bodybuilding when she was in fitness like there everybody's going to help you shout and, out and, and that's what that's what that little like quote mom and pop local place is going to give you as opposed to a big economical LA fitness or something even bigger. Yeah. Warhouse. I was at Warhouse multiple times. Oh, I, I'm I, all right. I, I, I've tried to talk to people there and they're just like, who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you go to the gym, you can talk to somebody and they'll be like, yeah, dude, here, did this X, Y, Z. Like it's like that, that place is gold. Well, the only, the only reason I've gotten to the point that I've gotten to is because of like that. Like, like, yeah. Oh, wait, what did you say? You said, um, Oh my God, it was a beautiful one-liner. Uh, closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I think you told me he said that, then I brought it to him, and then he yeah. said, it, "Yeah." But um, I'll have to I'll have to go back and find your one-liners and send you clips. But that um, was that was a good one because I remember I told him that I saw Curtis Miller, Curtis yeah, Miller, and Casey yeah. Williams at a meet, and he said, "What'd you say to him?" And I said, "I didn't say anything. They were handling lifters, and I wasn't competing. I wasn't going to bother them because I was just some shithead handling someone else in the warm-up room." <laughs> And he said, closed mouths don't get fed. And I went, well, son of a bitch, they're gone now. Mm-hmm. What's funny is in December when I competed, Curtis Miller was at that same meet again. And I went up and talked to him. And he was like the nicest the nicest guy. Yeah. Did you get fed? My mouth got fed. I mean, I, I just have a situation. He, there was Jimmy Cobb was there. And I wanted to meet him and get like a picture and talk with him a little bit. And there was an opportunity. But there was just like in the, in the moment, I'm like, this isn't the time. So was that was that was someone else. Yeah, that was that was an opportunity that you know I might not get for however long, but whatever. I can guarantee you. Uh, by the way, they're hosting a meet like that again in November, which he will be at. So, if you want to compete, by the way, that'd be a great. I just want to eat lunch with me too. I want to see eats, he had a video on that a while ago. He goes, I just you know I just need a whole bunch of stuff, you know. So he, I remember when he would come train with us. He would tell us about like their Saturday. Their Saturday is like his heavy bench day, and he would, he would do his like main work on bench. They would go out to eat and then come back and get accessories, or they would order takeout to the gym, which was like a bunch of uh, usually. What's the what's the Chinese place it's like fast food? Panda Express. They would get like a lot of Panda Express at the gym and then do accessories after. He eats a lot of fast food. Just that and um. Well, you gotta be. You gotta eat that much fast food to be that big. He's he's gigantic. He's humongous. Yeah, but he he really is the nicest guy. So and if I've he's heard, ever yeah. gonna be up in the area, I will I will tell you guys. Yeah. So, oh, dude, I would. I just want this. Right, this is gonna sound weird. Don't d- just hear what I'm saying. Okay. okay. Don't mm-hmm. process it fully. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch him. You know, 
Like, dude, what you was... know what I'm saying? Does that sound weird? No, no I, I just I, wanted... I completely understand it because I, I I guess I was in a similar boat. I'm just like, I like he's solid, dude. He's, he's a solid. solid you know why? I just want to go and like give him like a pat on the back and be like, dude, Poof. yes, that's all I want to yeah. do. You know why I understand what you said because. I want to say it was about this time last year. It was the first meet I benched 600 at. Okay. He was there, and he was judging, but he was also just kind of hanging out. And he was like 360 at the time, which I think he came back down to like 330. Mm-hmm. And we were standing there because, you know, we're, we're buddies with him. We're just hanging out. And he goes, no, dude, feel me. Like, I'm solid. And I we all, like, poked him. And he's, like, fucking, like, hard as that fucking cinder block wall over there. Like, the dude is, is dense. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. I want to touch him. <laughs> dude, it's, I mean, it's, dude, just it sounds hand just, a guy, just go up and shake his hand, and like you see what his hand looks like, and you shake it, and you're like, Jesus Christ, dude, dude, might I as just, well be made out of marble. I have, I have this image that like, all right, you guys can't judge me. Right. Let's, it's gonna sound weird. It's okay. gonna, it's gonna, all right, okay. I just have this image that like you ever see like when like a fish like runs into like a glass or like mm-hmm. those like cartoons, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, yeah. it bounces off. That's what I imagine, like me, like touching his like, so, shoulder. He wouldn't even move. I met Brian Shaw at the Arnold, and I got a picture with him. And you know, during <laughs> oh, the thing, he puts his hand on my back for the for the photo. And I swear to God, <laughs> his pinky was in the small of my back, and his thumb was nearly touching. Like it felt like his entire hand oh, my was God. just engulfing my back. And I'm like, that's world's strongest man hand right there. Like that is that's a hand. I would never want to wash my back ever again in my entire that life. Was, do you remember Sean Latimer? Yeah. Yeah, the denim destroyer. So he was at my first full power multiply meet and he left powerlifting eventually and he got into arm wrestling i have never met a human with bigger hands in my life he handed off for me on bench and his hands took up almost from like smooth of the bar to smooth of the bar like he's insane and he's also incredible because like you know jimmy's about my height and he's huge which is cool sean is like six six and like 300 plus pounds now he's retired, he's smaller, and he still has abs. You want to talk about a presence in a room, dude. Oh, my. Head and shoulders above everybody. Everything about him is just giant. He's electric. Wow. All I'm gaining from all this is it's there's no bitches. Exactly. It's just all dudes talking about dudes. Yeah. No oh, bitches. that's what you meant. That's uh, it. No bitches. You know, it's just like when, 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 uh, when Greg Valentino was interviewed, why'd you do that to your arms? He goes, the attention like i'll go I'll, I'll i'll go into a club and dudes will smash their girlfriend in the wall to come get to me and go, i remember that what the yeah. hell are you doing like mm-hmm. like you know for you guys want to get in the weights for the girls it ain't there go do something else yeah all you're gonna do is sit in a, in a corner like us and talk about dudes <laughs> oh no it's funny because there is there is like a there is like a big meme i think you know what i'm talking about it's like they go like you know you get into the, the, the gym thinking you're gonna get all these women oh my god and it's a bunch of what do you want bro like oh my gosh bro like yeah. what, what's your split yeah, yeah. I will say, though, like, as much as we're talking about, like, big men being spectacles, like, that's only because, like... He loves big most, men. I love you. Yeah. yeah. Big, bigger the better. Most most women don't have the, the capacity to be that large, but especially in powerlifting right now, the female side is way more fun to watch. Like, they're... Tamara Walcott. Tamara Walcott. She's a beast. Leah Reichman, Amber Hansen. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Cassette Neely, Deanna DeAndrea... <laughs> Uh, before she retired, Laura Phelps. Yeah, like these people yeah. are yeah. fucking electric. Stacia Cambra. Like these people are incredible athletes, yeah. and I find a lot of times like they're a lot better rounded than their male counterparts. 
You know? and, and that's the thing. Like tomorrow, I'll call, like I follow her and I watch all her stuff. Too. She's she's valid. Like she that's is strong. she is legit. And like yeah. even like her life cycle too. Like she's very like down to earth, very life like like family oriented. I'm like, dude, like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean like Leah Reichman right now. Like I, what, what can even compare to her? She's nothing. she's she's gonna squat a grand. Uh-huh. She's gonna be the first female to squat a grand. Uh-huh. There's nothing stopping her. Uh-huh. And she's just like so far and ahead of the rest of her competition. Same with like. You want to talk about an incredible dynasty at like um, she doesn't train at the Hive, but uh, Deanna DeAndrea is coached by Laura Phelps and broke a record that Laura Phelps set that people thought might never be broken. Oh, like shit. not only it was Laura that incredible of a lifter, she then coached another lifter in her own image That's to even break more her impressive. own record. Yeah, uh-huh. and she talks about it, and she's like so proud of it. Like it, it's it's fucking sick. See that those are the people that I that I love to see because like there are plenty of people out there that are like, no, yo, I'm not gonna help you, bro. I don't want you to break my record. Or like, you know what? I hope you don't get it. Or they'd be like, yo, I hope you get it, but they're like, mm, don't. Those are the people that are gonna drive these sports and make them a thousand times. Bigger. Records are only ever borrowed, never owned. You know what I mean? Except maybe Jimmy. He's Finch. taking your pedestal, man. He's oh, saying dude, these one liners, dude. I, know. I, I do know. want to clarify, like I'm not making these up. Like, these are things no, I no, hear. No. And, and the thing is is the the whole point is like he's just the one liner king and it's just nice to see someone else, you know, saying that. Well where do you think I get it from? I passed the torch. Exactly. Shh, I know. Just take that off, man. Yeah. No, but that that impact no, when, yeah. when when you're up there, like when like Laura Phelps wants to, like everybody who's been up there wants to see somebody try to break their record. Yeah. Because they yeah. know what it took for them to get there and what the, what it took for them to do it. Yeah. So when they see somebody, even if they're not directly involved with that person, it brings a, a little bit of nostalgia, I feel. Be oh, like, yeah, I was there, sir. I did it. I know what she's going through. That's awesome. Because you know the feeling and how elated you would be. Yeah. And yeah. you jumped off the bench, you, jer- you jumped yeah. out of the rack, and you're like, yeah, I did it. I got it. Like that's. Yeah. I think it's a testament to that. Uh, I remember, I think it was Jimmy telling a story about he broke one of Scott Mendelson's bench records that he had still had standing in Polly, and he said that Scott was the first person to call him to congratulate him, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, it's it's like a kind of respect thing. And I think it especially helps when the person who breaks it is a good ambassador mm-hmm. for the sport, you know, yeah. when they're a good person. Because then you feel good about who that record is now in possession of. That's awesome. But, gentlemen, we just did an hour. Jesus three minutes. Christ. You Not serious? bad. Dead ass. Yeah. Cool. I, I I looked over just just to just keep track of the the time clock, but I didn't realize we did an hour. Cool. Yeah. Thanks Pretty for the last sick. second. I appreciate. Well, you're welcome. I'm not as solid as Jimmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm working on it. I also real soft. Over I also realized that when I have to go make these clips and stuff like that, I'm gonna absolutely just eviscerate and roast myself because I feel like saying I would have just touched another large man. Dear God, don't clip that part of all things. I am gonna clip. There is Jimmy's gonna be a part. Nice. There is gonna be a part that's gonna come out of you. I'm um, just recently, and it's like, I love big, I love big men. I love, <laughs> I love. So if you if you watch the, the beginning of, uh, if you listen to the beginning of like the yeah. of the podcast, <laughs> it's like I love big men. They're just so big, whatever it is. I remember I I I put that on when you sent me the Google Drive file. I was driving down to Brigantine. Just to hang out, oh, you, with my and you had the raw over. footage. You didn't have the. the I did new have the raw one. footage. Yeah. I had all like the sound tests, which is like you two, just like I love big men. <laughs> like that was that was just like I like the file opened, and that's like the first thing that comes out, and I'm yeah. like, we're off to a great start. Yeah.
Yeah, you got the you got the raw because like because like you, and you've experienced it too. Like the first yeah. couple minutes, that's recording just so it's on. Yeah, when you're like sitting down here, when you're like getting the mic set up, like yeah. clapping, like say this, yeah. say this, and yeah. you're like, you know, no one's gonna hear it except like the one shithead that you send the raw audio to. <laughs> we talked earlier, about but um, but yeah, guys. So Zach Santangelo and Roman Mustachio, um, you guys are gonna see them see them on plenty more. Uh, they're a lot of fun for me to have on. And I'm sure you guys have obviously. I've been seeing everything on Spotify and everything like that. So thank you very much, um, guys. It's been a pleasure. And I'm not going to lie to you. I when I found out that you were going to be on this podcast, I know I, t- I text my girlfriend. I'm like, this is going to be electric, and I'm <laughs> actually excited. But I have to be calm because I can't seem like a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you realize I'm just as excited to be on here. Every well, no, time. I know. I think these are so fun. Yeah, these are cool. Well, see, I consider you like you a close friend, and like especially you now, coach slash friend slash physical beater, or. <laughs> abuser abuser it's like stockholm matt's got stockholm <laughs> syndrome over here but no it, it's it's been a lot of fun and i really appreciate you guys being here so yeah. everyone yeah, out there um you guys want to say your instagram and stuff like that if they want to reach out and no don't reach out to me okay cool <laughs> uh i'm i'm more accessible than zach rpe fml if you want to get to zach through me I, I could be a messenger possibly but i doubt he would take you seriously if you're not going to approach him directly so you it's go. your job to find him all right guys we'll see you next week see ya.